Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined today by Liz Waterstrat. Hello, Liz. Hi, Sarah. And as you know, Liz, this is a slightly different podcast format because we are going to sort of jump into the topic, but then do a little chit chat because our guest, people will see, you're going to kind of straddle the divide between being co-host and guest and then our other guest is going to do some of the intro chit chat. So rather than talking about it, I'm just going to jump into it. So the topic is staying healthy for your race because we're staring down October. And the topic came to me as I was daydreaming about the fall race season. So we're going to talk about everything from avoiding getting sick to not getting injured and how to avoid mental burnout in the final weeks of a training cycle. And I knew there was no better folks to talk about this with than yours truly, Coach Liz Waterstrot and Coach Jen Harrison. Both women are well-respected, longtime multi-sport coaches in the Chicagoland area. They're also both highly successful, well-honed triathletes, each having competed in more than 200 triathlon races, including numerous Ironman events. Coaches Liz and Jen are also the coaches for all our heart rate training and triathlon programs in our Train Like a Mother Club. Liz, folks probably know that you are the mother of three school-age kids and Jen has twins who are in college. Jen and Liz have been on numerous episodes of this podcast, and I admit the topic was a bit of a ruse to get the band back together. So welcome, ladies, to the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That was a long intro. And part of my rationale also for having you, Jen, on is because you have had the experience of dropping off twins at college, which is I'm halfway through that. Yeah. So remind me, what year are your boy and girl twins? Yes. Well, they should be seniors. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Morgan, uh, actually, we are leaving this weekend. Oh. We're taking what Morgan starts school on Tuesday. So we're flying and driving uh, planes, trains, and automobiles out to Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. And she will be starting her fourth year. She is in the nursing program at URI. So she's got a five-year program, and she'll graduate mm -hmm. with an RN and a BSN. Nice. Yeah. So she's still home mm -hmm. and until tomorrow. And then Graham is at University of Iowa starting his fourth year. Mm -hmm. And he, he's been back for over a month because I sent Whoa. him back early. <laughs> Get out, leave, just go. <laughs> <laughs> There's a story with that. I want to hear. <laughs> um, boys, it, 
trying to be nice to, I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> You're at a loss for I, words. I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> you know, I think it just comes down to one of my biggest pet peeves as a parent is just kind of ungratefulness and laziness. And I'm not saying mm. that he was all of that, but it came to a head. I, we were kind of nagging him all summer. You know, mm-hmm. you need to work more. You need to take a summer school class because you're off track a little bit, et cetera, et cetera. So he didn't love us nagging him every single day. And the mm-hmm. icing on the cake for me was I got up in the middle of July to do a race, a local race at like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning, and he was still up. Now, oh. we know the kids stay up late. I don't have a problem with that. He was serving. He didn't get home till 11 o'clock at night. Like, I don't have issues with that. Mm-hmm. But he was gaming and 4 o'clock, and I just lost it. So I said, that's it. Mm. You're going back to school. You're going to get a job at Iowa. Your rent mm. turns over, you know, that lease turns over at the end of July into, into August. And he dragged his feet on getting a lease. So he's in an unfurnished apartment. And he goes, mm. I don't have any furniture. I don't know what to do. I'm like, not my problem. <gasps> so he mm. went back to Iowa the last weekend in July with his old roommate and they moved apartments and cleaned and did all that, moved into a new apartment. And he sent me a picture the first couple of days he was there of his unfinished apartment with just a router on the floor. Oh boy. And I said, he's like, well, we'll figure it out. (laughs) So I slowly started. I sent him a mattress on Amazon. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I was pissed. I had had enough. This is like a fairy tale Mm -hmm. that that you give the princess one (laughs) thing in the tower, then one more thing. I know. And Jerome, (laughs) my husband was, mad that I go, I'm not having my son sleep on the floor. I'm like, I can be really mean, but that's really too mean. So anyway, the short end of that is Jerome and I went to visit him last weekend and he was grateful. He had a job. Mm. He was fully going to obviously in classes. He had kind of pulled his head out of his butt a little bit. And I think (laughs) he realized, holy cow, this real life is expensive. You know, the car, mm-hmm. the insurance, you know, the, so adulting, adulting is hard. And he needed to have a, a little bit of a reminder of, you don't have any money. We have money. Mm. So you need to go to school and get good grades and we will support you 100%. But if you're going to mess around, no. Mm. So, mm. so, and then when we left, he's like, please don't go. You guys sure you can't stay longer? And we're, oh. we're like three and a half hours away, kind of like how your daughter will be mm-hmm. soon. So he's doing much doing much, much better. Oh, good. Good. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, very different. I, um, you know, would have thrown my myself at my son's feet to not leave home if I had allowed <laughs> myself. Yeah, but your son is younger, isn't he? he? He is. He just turned 18 at the end of July. And we're really tight. Like we talk a lot like he's, he's, my, he's my bud in the house. So my husband, Jack, and I flew out with our son, John, to New Jersey uh, last on Tuesday, the 22nd, as we're recording this. And uh, so that was last Tuesday. And then didn't realize, didn't sort of didn't understand how long we were supposed to stay 
for just for school drop off. So I booked this a long time ago, like in May or something. So I booked the Airbnb through Sunday and <laughs> booked, the, <laughs> booked the airline tickets. And then it was very interesting because then as the summer stretched on, I was like, oh, I don't think we're supposed to stay that long. And I mentioned that to, to another one of my co-hosts, Tish Hamilton, whose daughter just started her sophomore year at Barnard in New York City. And that gal's name is Nina. And I, w- I didn't ask Tish to ask Nina's advice, but I'm so grateful she did because Tish was telling her about what I was doing. And Nina unsolicited was like, oh, mom, a lot of kids who come from really far away, their parents stay for a while at drop off. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I don't feel so odd anymore. So, and it, you know, it allowed for a couple trips to Target and we took John into John is doing a musical theater BFA with a dance and a Japanese minor. So we took him into the city, New York City, to see Hadestown on Broadway, to go to the Museum of Modern Art, have a really nice dinner. So we did some other things with him. We It was his roommate's birthday uh, the first weekend there. And so we went out to dinner with the roommate and his family, which was very nice. So, you know, we, we spent some time together, but definitely gave him a lot of his own space, which was difficult do. It is difficult. This is, is this, correct me if I'm wrong, is this his freshman year? It is. They're both going to be freshmen. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The twins freshmen. Yes. Yes. It's really, really hard Mm -hmm. when either your baby or your only child or your sets Mm -hmm. of multiples leave Mm -hmm. for good. I had a hard time when Mm -hmm. my twins left and that was COVID year. They left. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was a mess, but I will tell you as mom has seen your twins, Mm -hmm. it's okay. (laughs) <laughs> it gets better. And you actually, mine are going to be 22 in January, so much mm-hmm. older. And mm-hmm. there's a huge difference between freshman year and senior year. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, of course I miss them, mm-hmm. but they like have their networks and, and your son and daughter will thrive and have friends. And it's, 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 um, you know, we work so hard with younger kids to make them super independent. Mm-hmm kind of bites you in the butt on the, <laughs> when they go to college, but it, it, it usually is okay. Yeah. It, it. I mean, when we were out there, so he goes to Montclair State University, which has vistas of the Manhattan skyline and, you know, it's John's dream to be on Broadway. So it's very inspirational and goodness, Montclair, New Jersey and the surrounding towns are just stunningly beautiful with amazingly good food, very friendly people. And, the school could not be more perfect for him. And he has a great roommate. They have a fabulous room. It's quite large. It's on a corner. It has windows on two sides, 14 foot ceilings and ensuite bathroom. I mean, it is deluxe. Like everything is ideal for him. So I feel really good about that. It just, to me, I miss him so much, particularly because, you know, he's a dancer and he has always had a lot of energy and Liz, also, I don't mean to to like shut you out of this conversation. I'm sorry to. Uh... She's taking notes. Okay, for her three kids. Okay, all right, good. Okay, so so John is a is a dancer, and he's always been very physical. Always, you know, to the point where some people found him very annoying when he was a child because he was always um, he was like squirreling around. And so, but when he talks, he is always moving, and you know twirling around and, you know, going up on his toes and doing different moves. And so to talk to John is a very multi-sensory experience. It's not just a conversation. So I miss that. I miss the physicality of John. 
And also, I just really feel like it's an end of an era, which is, for me, ultimately, that's the hardest part. Yeah, it is. It is an end of an era. I felt the same way. You know, I couldn't really call anybody at the universities and I couldn't check grades. I couldn't get permission. Though. <laughs> it, this, it, there's just so many things. And then I just miss the noise of the house. Mm-hmm. I miss, mm-hmm. I miss their friends. I miss, um, the family dinners, mm-hmm. you know, so when they come home for the summer each year, mm-hmm. they get a little bit further and further removed because they, you know, we're trying to get them ready for adulthood, but they ultimately, even my 20, almost 22 year old son deep down inside is like, I miss you guys. You know what I mean? He's like, Mm -hmm. I miss you. I miss being home. I miss even when he had an empty apartment with nothing but a mattress from Amazon, Mm -hmm. he still was like, okay, you know, I can do this. I got this. So Mm -hmm. it it does get better, but it is, it is an end of an era. I would, that's for sure. It is. It is. And so I am also, uh, I'm grateful that he landed there, that he has, he's already made a lot of friends. He really likes the people in his cohort and that Daphne, his twin sister, so she's home until mid-September because the school she's going to is Seattle University and they're in a quarter system. So they don't start until mid-September. And also she's just a three-hour drive or train ride or in a pinch an hour-long plane ride to get to see her. Same time zone. So I'm very pleased that she had, it was between, she was debating between Seattle U and Loyola Chicago. And as we were flying out to Newark, and I looked down, you know, at one of the Great Lakes. I was like, oh, thank heaven, Stephanie is not going to school in Chicago. <laughs> Although I'd get to see you all if she went I was going to say, you get to see us. Yeah, yeah and, and play pickleball with uh, my pal Stacy Johnson. So uh, <laughs> out there in Naperville. <laughs> so, yeah, so I am, oh my goodness, I am definitely clinging hard to Daphne in these two weeks. And she can, she's a very independent child, has been for a long time, and can be a little little bit like a feral cat, kind of hard to pin down for, will you be home for dinner? Mm, Maybe. Mm. And so she, you know, we got back on Sunday night. She had dinner with us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night. And we had, so I was super grateful for that. Anyway, so let's talk, let's bring Liz into the conversation. Let's bring her back into the conversation. So we are talking about how to not get sick or injured before your big race. I mean, so many people are training for fall races I'm curious, what have you all, what, when I suggested this topic, did an instance in your life, in your respective lives, jump to mind? Liz, why don't you answer first? There was a year where I did get sick before a race. I was training for a half Ironman. It was right around this time of the year. I think the race was in mid-September. And early in race week, I ended up catching a cold from my son at the time who was just starting school. And had to just deal with that going into the race. Mm-hmm. So, you know, took took a few days of doing nothing, then just did light workouts. And then I ended up doing really well in the race. Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. I can't believe out of 200 plus races that, you know, that you make it sound like it's only happened once. Do you think it has happened other times and maybe it's just not as stark in your mind? I, I don't want to say... I'm, I'll say this. I don't like to make it a habit of racing sick. Mm. And so there may have been one other time in the past where I came down with something and then ultimately decided not to race. Mm. But I do think there are plenty of things we can do to put ourselves in a position not to get sick. Mm-hmm. And 
not that it's sure proof or that, you know, even the, the best efforts won't guarantee that you won't show up sick. But I do think that there's a lot of things you can do to prevent from being in that position in the first place. Oh, so I've, I've been lucky in that sense, but I do think that we can exert some control over this. Oh, good. I like that. I like that. Yeah. We'll get to that. Jen, how about you? Do you, have there been times? Oh, yeah, I definitely. And it, you know what? I've actually gotten a little bit better at not getting sick as I've gotten older, which is mm-hmm. just more experience. And like Elizabeth said, figuring out what to do and how to change the week to let it unfold or the taper to let it unfold to control what you can kind of control to keep yourself healthy. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing like Elizabeth, you know, I would get a cold. It's always a cold or for me, a cold sore. Mm-hmm. So I would get a cold sore leading into the race week or the weekend before because I was just running around with the kids or not sleeping enough or just overdoing everything in life. And, you know, the stress just kind of catches up with you. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely been, I remember, unfortunately, one of my bigger Ironmans I did where we had to fly to the race in Hawaii and just the stress of me getting out of town mm-hmm. was enough to tip me over the edge. Mm-hmm. And the stress of right everything, getting the kids situated at home, they were little at this point, and work and you know, just life. Me flying over there, I could just feel like, oh my gosh, I'm getting sick. I have a cold. Mm. And I kind of fought it the entire race week. I still raced and ended up doing well, but it was something of a kind of a little bit of a hassle. Mm, mm. All right. Well, good. Well, I look forward to hearing from your experience and your wisdom of being longtime coaches. I do want to share a um, kind of worst case scenario because we will talk about injury and that uh, my former college roommate, she was training for the New York City Marathon. She actually lives in New Jersey. And two weeks prior to race day, she slipped in the supermarket frozen food aisle and broke her ankle. <laughs> oh, gosh. This is why I hate grocery shopping. It's just inherent with risk. <laughs> that's why you don't go out of your house during a race week. Right. That's you it. Just exactly. Don't go out. That, yes. <laughs> Gray gardens. <laughs> I, and, and I kind of say that in jest, mm-hmm. but it's, it's really true. Like when you have a big race, besides having to live your life, work and kids, you just kind of shut everything down because mm-hmm. it's, my biggest fear was I was going to step off a curb wrong. <laughs> yes. Oh, we got that on our Facebook page. We got that. People are saying, I bet. Oh, I just, no, I'm a klutz. Something's going to mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Before we dive into advice driven questions, we have to toss out the caveat that you two are not doctors. So, you know, if you do have some actual medical questions, please see if a professional about that. So, okay. With that in mind, let's start. For folks who have October races, this is about a month or so out from the starting line. So how much of an impact does it have on race day performance if you get sick now? So, you know, maybe four or six weeks before your race and have to miss, say, up to a week of training. Absolutely none. Mm, Great. And I think people need to hear that and it will be very freeing for them to hear that because where people get into trouble is when they get sick and they think they have to rigidly adhere to a schedule because that's what the schedule says they have to do or else they're not going to be ready for race day. And then they push when they're sick and then they end up with some type of an infection and then they have to take meds for that infection. And then they just end up really flat and fatigued Mm. and big cumulative effect of that has more of an impact than if they would just lay low a little bit for that week, fully recover. Maybe you lose like a day of fitness, but in the big picture, you end up better off. Mm. I love that, Liz. Thank you. 
Love that. Okay. So what we, we alluded to this before, what preventative measures do you each take or think people should take to avoid getting sick? You want to talk first, Jen? Sure. I was kind of half jest when I said that we kind of go into like a close off your social network a little bit and mm-hmm. kind of tighten things up mm-hmm. in your, if this is a big, important A race, it's a fall marathon, it's a fall half, mm-hmm. 5k, 10k, whatever it is. I think one of the lessons I've learned over the years is just like try not going to the grocery store if you can't order it in. <laughs> try to not go to any kind of concerts or social events or big things aside from what you need to do as a, you know, engaged parent, of course. Mm-hmm. But that was a really big thing. I would come home, I'd be trashed. I would pick up a cold from somebody sitting next to me who was coughing and the bleachers. So that's one of the things I do. And the other thing that I think is really important, of course, and I can't overemphasize it enough is just really prioritizing sleep. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to get good sleep as busy people, but it's just one of those things that has to happen. And if there's a way that you don't have to set your alarm the next morning, that you can maybe shift your workout to your lunchtime or to after work, just to get those quality hours of sleep in the morning, it goes a really long way or shorten your workout. If you do have to work out in the morning, just to get another maybe half an hour of sleep. It would be worth it just because that's honestly, you could take all these magical potions, all the vitamin C and everything else that we try to do to stay healthy. But at the end of the day, it's sleep is the master of everything. Mm, mm, I like that. Liz, what advice do you have about that? Generally hit on it there. Mm -hmm. Controlling your sleep, improving your nutrition Mm -hmm. and stressing less. Those are the big three that are going to have the biggest impact on your health and even your ability to adapt to all of the training that you're doing and the gaining of fitness. So if you can get those three things, if you can nail them in such a way that they resonate with each other, uh, you pay enough attention to them, then you're really in a good place to get fit and stay healthy. Mm, Awesome. Okay. So on our Facebook page, an elementary school librarian who's running a half marathon on October 1st and who has school starting on September 6th asked a great question of you two. For you two, she wrote, I will inevitably be exhausted if not sick during those last few weeks of training. I'm doing the heart rate plan. Am I correct that my training will be okay even if I'm walking most of my runs to keep my heart rate in line? Yes. The answer is absolutely, you know, the thing with heart rate training or just perceived exertion is that it doesn't lie. So heart rate doesn't lie. If your heart rate is high, you are stressed in other stressors of your life. And I'm sure everybody has heard Elizabeth and I talk about how the body can't differentiate stress. So it can't differentiate work stress, personal stress, training stress. And so it's just one big stress bucket. Mm-hmm. And we only have so much that we can give. And so heart rate is a, a wonderful kind of moderator to your where your body is at that day. So listen to your body and just go easier. Movement is enough. If you have a 30-minute run and your heart rate's sky high, absolutely walk. Add some walk breaks in there. Just mix it up and honor the fatigue that's in your body. Okay, good, good. All right, we're going to take a break to hear from the brands that let us bring you this free content. Please support them like they support us. Our dear coaches will share more staying healthy and injury-free advice when we return. When you need 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, ladies. Well, moving closer to uh, race day, why do folks seem to get sick during the taper? I just think people, I have so many athletes I've been on the phone with this week getting ready for, you know, various Ironmans or marathons or whatever. And the stress level with all of them, I'm like, everybody just take a deep breath. Like, I just want to take my hand and put it on their shoulder and just say, everything's going to be okay because what's making everybody so stressed is life. Mm. You know, life is hard. So it's, everybody's going back to school. It's still a hundred degrees all over the United States in many parts. We're tired from fighting the heat all summer. And so people are kind of worn down and the stress really just makes them, it tops them, puts them over the edge. Mm, mm. So with that in mind, because you can't maybe reach the computer and touch everyone who's listening and all your athletes, what words of solace and assurance can you give folks who get sick during the taper? It's so easy to catastrophize in that situation. It is. And it's a really slippery slope. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to fake it till you make it in mentally and just say, I can do this. I'm fine. So that's, it sounds cheesy and it kind of is. But, you know, your mind is a powerful thing. So if you can just say, relax, I will say to myself when I get all stressed out and worried about stuff, like my son sleeping on his, you know, apartment floor with no bed, like, Mm -hmm. just relax. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. I had a conversation just yesterday with an athlete who was super sick heading into a half Ironman next weekend. And it finally had, she had to go on meds sinus infection, you name it. And the reason she got that sinus infection is she was trying to cram the missed workouts in from Mm -hmm. being sick. So she started with a cold, a chest situation, not COVID. And um, she was begging me for more. And I said, nope, 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 rest, rest, you know, just do an easy spin, easy run. So she started jamming stuff in and she started feeling better, which is the tricky part of being sick. And then the bot, you keep jamming stuff in and the body says, no, we can't do it anymore. And then it takes it to the next level, which turns into something more severe. Mm. So you just have to trust your plan, trust your training. And really the race, the race week, nothing's more important than you could sit on your butt the entire race week, go for a walk the day before your race. And still it'd be better for you than fighting through workouts when you're sick. Oh, that is an important message for people to take away. Because I think that's pretty shocking to hear from a coach, you know. That, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. It's true. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, Elizabeth would agree with that. I know she would because we deal with people that are sick for race week all the time and we beg people, just rest. Mm. At that point, the work is done. Mm-hmm. Nothing you do will really help your fitness other than to put yourself in a position to race well. And like Jen said, or the time I arrived to that one race week where I was sick, the only thing I could do to help myself was just rest until I felt good, you know, get in the nutrition I needed, get my body rested, get my mind rested, and just arrive on race day and and give it a chance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
you know, there is an elephant in the room this fall once again, and it's COVID. And, you know, we're not going to get into the politics of it and people can believe what they want, but case counts are on the rise. So, I mean, have you had athletes who get COVID leading up to race day and and what's been their experience? What's been your advice? I've had, I've had some, yes. Mm -hmm. In fact, I had one well, I had one last year and he ended up having to miss his race because mm-hmm. he just wasn't shaking it. And we just decided it wasn't worth any long-term complications mm-hmm. or risk. And funny enough, he got COVID again this year uh, and he has another race coming up. And so we just shut down the training for a few days, you know, listen to his body. Uh, and he was able to kind of kick it much quicker. But, you know, this is one of those things where you really need to follow your doctor's guidance on this and think a few steps ahead beyond the race. You know, if I do race, if I have this and I do race, what are the potential long-term consequences of that? Is it worth it? Uh, and and just make the best decision for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one in my family had caught COVID and I recorded a little uh, video after doing a podcast episode about why I was sleeping in the podcast recording studio. It is our serves as our guest bedroom as well. And it was because my son, John, and my husband, Jack, had finally succumbed to COVID. And boy, I got to tell you, you know, here, John is super healthy teenager, and he's finding that he has residual effects for his singing. And Mm. so I just, there's just so many long-term things that we don't know about. And I really think you got to keep the bigger picture in mind you know, that, that there's always going to be other races. Yeah. So, okay. So let's reiterate again that you all are not doctors nor nutritionists, but are there certain vitamins or supplements or foods that you'd suggest, or, you know, maybe tell people to focus on eating as the race gets closer, or is that kind of, um, a bunch of hogwash? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not hogwash. I mean, you know, the general rule of thumb is eat as cleanly as you can and as colorful as you can, Mm -hmm. which just includes all your fruits and vegetables and carbs are your friend because you're racing kind of a thing. And I think one of the things that's really important too is try not to veer too off of what you are accustomed to eating, Mm. especially when we travel for races. So spend some time on the front end looking at restaurants or where can I find pasta, whatever you eat. Try not to veer too far. We're not going out and having spicy Thai food the night before a race or <laughs> sushi. Okay, I've got I've got 105 stories about sushi before a race. Really? And, and yes, we need to do a little detour. Then, are you have you had athletes who got bad sushi, or you just yes. think it's oh shoot? Yes, either bad sushi, and you know we never really know, right? So, either bad sushi or they just didn't respond well to it. I had a guy. And I begged him, I'm like, hey, I'm not your mom, just doing my job. I'm going to just make it a, a professional you know, comment. Can we just step away from the sushi before races? <laughs> and he's like, no, that's what I like. That's what I do. I'm like, okay, I said my piece. We're good. It's like the athlete I told last weekend not to race with COVID. He raced with COVID. Okay. I, I put my piece mm. out there. I said, don't race. It's not worth it. So we have to do a lot of things to just to talk people kind of off of these making poor decisions. So yeah, I just think you just need to eat what you're used to stay away from raw food, just Mm -hmm. in case Mm -hmm. the kitchen is off or something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
but, you know, kind of getting back to some of the, the things, some of the things that I do or I recommend in race week, uh, again, not a obviously registered dietitian, but things like I used to take emergency, mm-hmm. which is just the emergence with a dash and C. Yes. You know, there's tons of studies now that talks about how bad it is for you and all the sugar. Fine. It worked for me for 20 years. I liked it. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. I've got bigger issues than sugar. I'll tell you that. Um, you know, and I also take those shots. You know how you can buy those shots at like Whole Foods or some of the more healthier stores that have like the zinc and the vitamin C and the echinacea and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I take those uh, frequently if I feel like I'm getting sick or before I race just to kind of take the edge off and help boost my immune system if it's, you know, if I can. Mm. Actually going out to lunch with a business associate after we record this and the place we're going to does turmeric shots mm-hmm. and you know and so that's you know good for anti-inflammation as you know and i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna get one of those turmeric and ginger shots at lunchtime <laughs> i like those they're good oh they're so oh i love spicy and kind of oh i just adore that flavor profile um i have to ask how did your athlete who raced with covid what was his race experience like well he PR'd and that was the kicker in my butt mm. because I, I begged him not to in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And he said, I'm racing. And I said, okay, I mean, you're an adult. These are adult, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, he ended up racing and uh, PRing and doing as well as I would have expected him to do if he was healthy. Wow. Um, now, what I think happened was that he had COVID for a long time mm. because I kept telling him, your heart rate's high something's not right. Are you sick? Are you tired? Are you eating? What's going on with you? And he had this kind of, he's like, I've got allergies all week. Well, Mm -hmm. I finally made him test just for, you know, safety reasons. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I was more concerned with him going into public with COVID than him racing. But uh, yeah, he ended up doing really well. And he still is doing okay this week, post race. Mm -hmm. That's the hardest part about being sick. It affects everybody so differently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you mind sharing what his age bracket is? No, not at all. Thirty to thirty-four. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. I, I had a visual of this guy in my mind, and I'm like thinking, yeah, I'm thinking he's not kind of forty-five to fifty, you know, or, no, or older than that. He's yeah. young. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, Coach Liz, you got any advice for folks who are heading to an away race, like handling jet lag or dehydration, that sort of thing? Sure. Uh, Well, each one of those, Sarah, is its own topic right there. Uh, (laughs) Future podcast to come. (laughs) There we go. Well, jet lag, that's that's tricky. It's, of course, easier to go east to west than it is to go west to east. Yes, it is. So (laughs) as someone who has flown from Portland, Oregon to Disney World (laughs) for that race. (laughs) Just keep that in mind. If you're someone who's going west to east, it might be a little rough. And that's where it might help to just try to start to shift your daily schedule at home to more of the hours that you might be awake or or racing when you get to your final destination. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, airline travel. Put your mask on. That's what I would recommend. Uh, that's kind of the the beauty of of the pandemic is people are out there with with masks and they're available and it doesn't look too weird. Mm-hmm. So I would wear a mask just for safety, you know, cleanliness reasons. Wash your hands. I always bring along hand sanitizer, baby wipes. Mm-hmm. Uh, pack your snacks, healthy snacks, and hydration with a little bit of electrolytes too. Um, also, 
try to scope out where you're going. And this ties into the topic that Jen just spoke about, you know, the, the eating leading up to race week. So get a sense what's around where you're at. Are there restaurants you're familiar with? What's the grocery store situation? Um, I'm thinking of someone like Gwen Jorgensen, the, the gold medalist from mm-hmm. triathlon. Mm-hmm. She travels with her own rice cooker. <laughs> for good reason, because you never know, uh, you know, you always take a risk when you eat out and why leave those things to chance. So maybe bring some of the foods that you know you need before a race. I always pack my race breakfast. I have mm-hmm. my little scoop of oatmeal, everything like it's in a baggie. Mm-hmm. So that way I can depend on that. Uh, and I bring my own coffee. Just try to have a lot of that planned out. Fan. Oh, yes. Yeah, I forgot. When you're traveling, if you're over 45, especially if you're traveling with a friend who's over 50, you should always pack a fan, earplugs, face mask. Poopery, if you're sharing a room. (laughs) (laughs) And and here's here's just one more thing. And this this also goes along with... um, the supplements of vitamins. I'm, I'm not a big fan of that stuff, but I do think if you believe it helps, it probably does. Mm. But one thing I've found that has helped, I'm not somebody, speaking of poop, who <laughs> easily poops in new locations <laughs> or when my schedule is thrown off. So something that has really helped is bringing along a greens powder. Mm. That just seems to help. I don't know why, if it just encourages me to drink a little bit more because you have to drink it with water. Mm-hmm. Or if you get a little bit of the nutrients that maybe you were missing. Mm-hmm. But I have found that that has been a strategy that has helped me and some of my other athletes when you're traveling just to stay regular, uh, to cover any holes, uh, bring along, of course, an NSF certified, make sure there's nothing, it's third party tested, nothing bad in it, um, mm-hmm. greens powder. Excellent. We love advice like that. Thank you. Yeah, I'm happy to talk about poop anytime. <laughs> Can I just say that uh, when I went into after a couple of days after John had moved into his dorm room, I used his, as I said, ensuite bathroom. And there was a tub of, I want to say it was called like dude bombs or poop bombs or I don't know something. And it, it was specifically aimed at guys and I didn't know whether as you drop it in the toilet before you're going to poop and somehow it camouflages the smell or I don't know. I didn't, I didn't stop to read it in my cheater glasses while I was in the bathroom. So I couldn't have read it anyway, but I was just like, Oh my gosh, like the different things there are for, for poop and masking poop odor. It just, it boggles the mind. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. So, <laughs> um, so, okay, so let's switch to staying injury-free. You know, as I talk, alluded, uh, maybe stay away from supermarket freezer aisles. But other than, you know, that random type of things, what are the most common overuse injuries you see among your athletes that rear their heads later in a training cycle? And do you think there are a few common causes? Oh, gosh. Yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Elizabeth. No, I was, I was going to say, you especially see it at this time of the year. People are tired. They've been training all year. They've been on the go all summer and they're cranky and they're stressed. And so all those little niggles that you get when your body's like on the edge, they start to pop up. You know, you got the piriformis, you got the hamstring, you got the plantar fasciitis. It's, you know, there's, it could be anything, but it's your thing, your back, Mm -hmm. and it starts to pop up. And it's just your body's way of saying, hey, listen, right now, Less is more. Mm. Ease up. You don't have to be a slave to your schedule. It's okay to cut things short to go a little bit easier. 
because we're getting close and we're almost ready to be done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Jen, you got something to add there? No, I just can't talk enough about the posterior leg issues at this time of the year. It's such a huge problem with especially masters athletes at this time of the year. So posterior legs, so calves for men, because as they age and they lose testosterone, that calf rebound, you know, they lose elasticity and mobility in that calf. And for women, Achilles, Achilles and um, post-tib, anterior tib, just have a lot of that kind of stuff that goes on. In addition to, of course, what Elizabeth said with, you know, piriformis and and, uh, sciatica and stuff like that. But a lot of stuff, just people are tired pushing all year. And so it starts rearing. It's, you know, they've been racing, they've been in super shoes, or they've been at the peak of their marathon training and their bodies, like Elizabeth said, are just on edge. And so, yeah, you start seeing a lot of that. This is the time of year where it's pretty chronic. Oh, that's intriguing. I have written it down as a potential future podcast topic, posterior leg issues. Let's get, let's get a little nitty gritty there sometime in the future, ladies. So, I mean, what are some other game-changing overuse injuries and ones that should make people say, nope, I cannot race. Because I can't tell you the number of women that when Dimity and I were at race expos back in the early days of Another Mother Runner and, you know, chatting up all the gals as they looking at our store merch, who would talk about, oh, yeah, I've had plantar fasciitis for, for seven months. I'm like, then you're racing on Sunday. Why? And so, I don't know, just, I mean, what are some big red letter injuries that should say, nope, do not go to the starting line? Obviously, any type of bone stress injury. That's that's a that's a deal breaker for sure. Mm-hmm. If you're within six weeks of being diagnosed with a bone stress injury, if if you have been in a boot in the last six to eight weeks, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, you could take that boot off and probably run. But are you risking something even bigger and more problematic? I'll give you a story. I had a gal, she had a heel stress fracture. Uh, it, it started as some type of plantar fasciitis thing. She she was resting it from running, but biking really hard. It turned into a heel stress fracture. She got out of her boot after three weeks and proceeded to do a half Ironman and ended up with some type of a non-union, like one of those stress fractures that just will never heal. Ooh. And still to this day, cannot run and has pain. Now that is an extreme, you know, somebody who kept pushing beyond, beyond recommendation, beyond the point of where they should have. And not many people can even tolerate that type of pain. But, you know, sometimes we have to give up our short term gratification and the thing we really wanted to do just to have that long term ability to do something we also really like to do. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's hard. But there's still ways to get involved with the race. If you do have an injury, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. volunteer, you can, you can cheer people on, you know, mm-hmm. you can be the person who is there waiting for someone at the finish line. And these are all good, helpful things. That is really sweet that you point that out. I think that's particularly something to bear in mind if, you know, people have a girlfriend's getaway weekend to a half marathon or some, you know, whatever race it is, and that they so want to be a part of that Friday evening dinner and the the laughter post-race or strolling around, you know, shopping or margaritas or whatever it is, that they just so want to be a part of all that, that sometimes they don't remember that they can do other things at the race and like cheer for their friends. And, and sure, it'll hurt a lot, you know, you're a little bit, you know, your heart will 
pang as your friend goes past. But, you know, you're also, you're, you're excited for your friends. And that's part of life is that sometimes you have to have some disappointments, but that you can be there for other people in your life. So, okay, so we talked earlier about, you know, not going out and sort of joking. There was one woman on our Facebook page whose husband says that he needs to wrap her in bubble wrap a few weeks pre-race. So that's not really feasible and not super kind to the environment either. So um, I don't know, just other than, as you've said, Coach Jen, limiting the amount of um, excursions you take. I like your suggestion to have groceries delivered. That's an excellent suggestion. I mean, what are some other ways, I don't know, lift your feet and not wear high heels the weeks before race. Actually, that's really funny you say that because (laughs) there are so many people that have like a work dinner or work function and they're Mm -hmm. not in heels and then they show up to this work function the week of the race in heels Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're like, yeah, Jen, my Achilles is bothering me. I'm like, what did you do? They're like, well, I had to wear heels. Just keep everything super benign, Mm -hmm. super (laughs) bland. Everything is boring. Your life is boring. Your food is boring. Your, you know what I mean? Like you just have to kind of keep it all. I'll never forget. Look, Elizabeth and I have such great stories for all this stuff. It's amazing. I mean, I could, t- I was on a phone call years ago with an athlete that was doing Ironman Wisconsin. We were talking about her race plan and she's super busy professional with kids and et cetera, et cetera. So the best time for her to talk was when she was driving home from work. So we're driving, she's driving. I'm, safely in my home talking to her. And all of a sudden I hear this huge crash. Oh, stop. Oh yeah. So she, the week of her big Ironman gets in a car accident. Now she's fine. Talking Everything to her is coach. fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talking to her coach about how to be safe the week before an Ironman <laughs> and not what to. <laughs> Alanis Morissette, please add this to your ironic <laughs> list of things that are ironic. Oh my goodness. Seriously. And we laugh. I still coach her. We laugh about it to this day. And she's actually doing a half Ironman next week. And I go, you can call me, but you got to be sitting down behind the desk. <laughs> like, so it's just like, and, and unfortunately that that's what accidents are. That's what mm-hmm. an accident is. And I yep. do, I do tell athletes, put yourself in bubble wrap, but on a more serious note, just, being super mindful. Stay off your phone when you're out walking. Mm. Stay off your phone when you're obviously at a stop sign or driving or any of the sort. Like just be really smart and mm-hmm. be aware, mm-hmm. a body aware of what's going on. And that kind of goes a long way. Yeah. And also I, I think about pets and that yesterday I was out walking Augie, my, you know, I don't know, 27 pound French bulldog. Well, he, you know, he gets into it with another dog and is suddenly pulling me and my back, you know, kind of tweaked a little bit. I was like, oh, no, you don't, dog. Like, it's taken me more than a year to get over this back thing. You're not bringing it back. And I think about the times I've been in a dog park and, you know, a dog lunges at you and or hits you and it's like, oh, no. So I would say stay away from dog parks. Well, and Sarah, (laughs) speaking of that, I had an athlete last, about a month ago, while walking the dog, dog freaked out at another dog, ripped her rotator cuff, ripped her shoulder (gasps) apart, full surgery. Out. Oh. So mm. you're absolutely right. You got to be really careful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. Let's talk about some mind related issues. So what do you tell the athletes who run out of steam in the final weeks of training? You know, the ones who are coming to the end of a long training cycle, but the taper and race day still seem like they're never going to get there. You know, kind of how to, how to make that final push through the, the last couple of weeks of training. I would say focus on how far you've come mm. versus 
how far you still have to go. Mm-hmm. You know, think of all the goals you've achieved, all the the progress you've made. Uh, and you can think about, you know, the outcome and how much you're looking forward to it. But just kind of take stock of all the, the good things that have come from your training. And just remind mm-hmm. yourself, too, it's very normal to get to that final push and to quite honestly be a little bit over it. nobody is like 100% hunky-dory their entire training cycle. If so, they're probably not pushing very hard (laughs) at times when they should. But um, it's very normal to just feel a little bit kind of flat and and done with it, especially you get to this time of the year and you have like these really hot weekends and you're just thinking, oh, great, another 20 miler when it's 94 (laughs) degrees. I can't wait. I can't wait to shuffle that one out. So yeah, I mean, there's, I think, I think the biggest problem is people start to think there's something wrong with them that they are not a hundred percent positive about the whole experience or they're dreading Mm -hmm. it or they're feeling a little bit anxious this is all normal. This just means you're human. You're a human trying to do something that's maybe a little bit outside of your comfort zone and to just kind of settle into it and, and try not to fix it. Just keep moving forward the best you can, little baby steps and just recognize how far you've come. Yeah. That's so important to be reminded of that. So then how do you tame the mental monkeys that taunt us during the taper, particularly just because, you know, you got more time and energy because you're cutting back on your workouts. I got a list. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was going to say, don't we all have lists of all the stuff we could do instead of, instead of working out? Um, I think it's hard because that's when people get hurt and that's when people mm-hmm. make poor decisions. I had, I'm not kidding, you know, somebody that decided that they were going to go, I'm not going to say pickleball, Sarah, but play pickleball. <laughs> I'm saying have, it. Wait, 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 wait. For the record, we have made it almost an hour, hour. into this podcast yes, yes. without saying pickleball. This is and, a new and it was not, And it was not me who said it. So exactly. I get bonus points right here. For I know. I'm had, sweating. Uh, <laughs> for those of you that had 57 minutes, yes, you can. Right, exactly. In the pool. I'll, be sending you, I'll send you your found change next week. Oh, God. Again, a phrase that I didn't say, you know, I'm just above reproach today. This is what happens when you have me on. I'll be like, oh, pickleball. So I had somebody playing pickleball uh-huh. and I was like, can we not play pickleball the week before you Iron Man? And she's like, well, I, I've got so much energy. My friends wanted me to golf and play pickleball. I'm like, no, we're not golfing and playing pickleball, friends. So, you know, there's a time and a place for pickleball. There's a time and a place for golf, but don't do stupid things. Just stay in your lane. Do your laundry. Clean your house. Don't crazy clean your house. Just be a normal functioning adult and at a more serious, on a more kind of serious note. One of the things that kind of helps me and what I tell athletes when they go into these taper weeks and they're getting anxious because they're not expending the energy that they're used to, they're feeling that they're getting out of shape, they're feeling like they're deconditioning. As I tell them, go back through your training, go back through your log and look at everything you did to get here. And that is a very confidence booster. Even if you missed a couple of weeks, the plan doesn't have to be perfect for it to work. So just go back and gain some confidence through all these wonderful runs and swims and bikes and everything else that you do to carry that confidence into the race weekend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it very much. Okay, ladies. So any final words of advice? Gosh, I can't believe we made it through this whole thing and nobody said try nothing new. Mm. 
Okay. Yeah. Look, we have such new, new advice, you know? So yeah. Mm-hmm. Try, try nothing new, uh, especially in the last couple of weeks. You find people eager to switch shoes. They want that little bit of extra free speed. They're thinking about switching into race shoes or super shoes. I would say try nothing new. If you do want to try something, try it in training a few times. Even if you want to try a greens powder or emergency, make sure you do that in the weeks prior to tapering or or race week just to see how your stomach responds uh, because you don't want to undo all those months of good work just by trying something new that you think might give you a little leg up. Mm-hmm. Just because Coach Liz uses greens and Coach Jen used <laughs> use emergency for too. for two decades, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't want to be responsible for anybody's poopy mess. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I don't have any problems pooping at races. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> I think so. Traveling with Elizabeth is kind of like, and you know, I love Elizabeth. So Mm -hmm. I I can say this in pure friendship, traveling with Elizabeth, and she can go on about a thousand things about me, but traveling with Elizabeth, you do have to kind of like figure out when she's going to poop and when Mm -hmm. it's going to work in the timing. And I just get up, I go to the bathroom and I know she's thinking, you person, you, I hate you. You get up, you go to the bathroom and you carry on with yourself. Yep. And she's you, like, the, you regular <laughs> I'm in the regular camp as well. Good Us coach regulars. Yeah. I'm just here for the irregulars out here. The I mean, we, we're lighting candles. We're like making sure the moon is full moon. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I'm yeah, kidding. had that super blue moon hook you up there, Coach Liz. <laughs> yeah, it's been a few days. <laughs> All right. Well, and on that note, thank you ladies so much for having this conversation and bringing so much enlightenment to this topic. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Well, you've heard me say it here before, but it's worth mentioning again. Please join us for our retreat on Hilton Head Island, November 3 to 6. We bring guest presenters. In the past, we have had coaches Jen and Liz. This year, we're going to have Tish Hamilton, another one of my co-hosts. Their group runs on the amazingly beautiful flat, hard-packed beach where there are dolphins right there in the water right next to you. Have delicious meals, do yoga, make all sorts of new friends, and it is all done at the aptly named Beach House Hotel. It's right there on the Atlantic Ocean. It is beautiful and you are coming down to the final days when you can register for this. So please go to anothermotherrunner.com, click on events in the top navigation bar to find all the details and to register. Again, go to anothermotherrunner.com, click on events at the top of the homepage. I really hope to see you on Hilton Head Island in early November. Our podcast is produced in St. Paul, Minnesota by Barry Medora from Fire on the Bluff. Hopefully, Liz, we don't have the um, the mystery plates. Uh, <laughs> the mystery clanging place. Although it was funny before this, my husband was literally pounding meat in the kitchen. Oh my gosh! And, which is not a sentence was, you want to which, say. No, no, and he was he was shouting from the kitchen. I'm pounding it. <laughs> Stop. <laughs>
Because I told him, I told him, I said, I have a podcast that I'm recording. So yeah. And the kitchen is right next to my office. So that, that's what was going on here. Oh, if you hear anyone pounding it, it's him. Oh my gosh. Take it out oh of context. God. That becomes an entirely different podcast. Uh- Barry, Barry, check that out. <laughs> oh my, gosh. my visual now is all screwed up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. All right. Okay.